Wrestler Crew 3 Podcast. I'm your host, Ruckman. With me, as always, are my two co-hosts, Chris and Ricky. Gentlemen, say hello. Hey. Hey, how's it going? You know, I it's going all right. I am uh, fighting the crowds of Commander players to find constructed magic anywhere. Gosh, yep. I mean, the, the casual magic player is, uh, is, you know, person of the year, times person of the year 2021, that's for sure. I'm actually super high. I want to play so much Commander. How did you just jump sides? We started less than 20 seconds ago, and you're already on the enemy team. What's happening here, Ricky? You can build, like, the Vardok Storm deck, the CDH deck, for, like, 50 bucks. It's insane. The it thing plays is, all my favorite cards. It plays Mind's Desire. Chris, don't you want to cast Mind's Desire again? No, isn't CDH an oxymoron? Isn't Doesn't that defeat the purpose? Like, if my whole point is I'm looking, no, I'm going to play actually, 100 cards, only C- one CD- CDH is the real commander players because it's... Commander is commander players lying to themselves. They aren't playing the Fortnite competitively. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know about you, Chris, but my CEDH games, my I, I prefer my commander games to be over in like four or five turns and generally end with somebody singing White Flag by Dido. <laughs> uh, that's my typical commander night. So that that song that goes da 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 da. That's the I will go down with the ship. Okay, I will go down with this ship. No, 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 that's not the song. I don't think that's the song I was going for. You were going for uh, the, I just yeah. want to thank you. Yeah, yeah, that one, yeah. yeah. Well, I don't know how I'm supposed to shill now because uh, you just endorsed all the commander players in the world. But we are, of course, sponsored by our for Patreon. That's patreon.com slash crew3mtg. Check out our couple tiers available. Awesome perks there, including the monthly swag bag mailing. So be sure to check those out, patreon.com slash crew3mtg. And, of course, thank you to our supporters who are already on there. Uh, and, of course, I want to remind everyone that we are currently taking part in Extra Life 2021. Uh, we are – donations going on now, five multiples of $5 gets you into a potential booster box giveaway, for sure a collector pack giveaway, but it could be upgraded to a standard legal set box of the winner's choice if we hit our $500 goal. And, of course, on Saturday the 6th, we will be taking part in doing the 24-hour uh, live stream or as many hours as our boomer brains let us stream before we just pass out. Do we take uh, shifts the, or how do we do that? What's the best way? Do we go uh, like two at a time shifts or what? No, we're just all, we're all going. Because no, there's I'm, no I'm way. I'm going to be there. I'll do it. I'll do it. Ricky yeah, can do yeah, it. Yeah, you know Ricky's up for it. You know me. I'm going to be like eight hours. I'm like, yeah, yeah. My that's fine. That's fine. You can, you can go nap. Me and Ricky will be like 3 a.m. tier list making. Oh, man. I can't wait. Uh, but we've got some fun stuff planned out. We're going to be streaming the live the webcam event, uh, which signups are now available in the Discord. So be sure to go sign up for that. Uh, also, if you donate ten dollars, at least ten dollars, you have unlimited proxies. So more than our usual twelve proxy allowance. Uh, so help raise some money for charity. Play whatever deck you want. Should be a lot of fun. We just request that because we're streaming this one. Especially your proxies are legible and recognizable on webcam. So please, you know, go print them off somewhere nicely write them out on checklist cards just don't write on like basic lands um and then of course after that sort of after a little bit of a break uh one of the things we are going to be streaming is the wrestling the the pioneer wrestling pay-per-view that i've been i've been plugging away on i'm super you don't want to miss it that is going to be worth the price of admission what is the price of admission ruckman uh nothing because we've already donated enough money to unlock that one so uh you know hey if you want to hear us talk about cats 2019 as a as a bonus podcast uh make sure we hit 300 dollars uh anyway let's get into talking about the pioneer format shall we uh real quick our layout for this week is going to be uh let's talk about actually what saved magic i think there's some good stuff that happened this week uh but i do there's gonna be a tinge of what killed magic after that we're gonna do our 
for today's metagame breakdown, as well as look at the challenges in a couple spicy, spicy league deck lists. And then finally, our conversation, discussion, uh, sort of portion of the show, we'll be talking about what we think individually and sort of debating our top five most underplayed cards currently in the Pioneer format. I also want to say that also that Extra Life Weekend is going to be episode 100 of the podcast, and it's been a while since we've done one, so we're going to open up a Q&A episode again for episode 100, so be sure, hey, you know what, we've had plenty of people ask questions before, we've got a lot of new faces in the Discord and new listeners, so hey, if you want to take some time, ask us questions about us, Pioneer, you know, sort of whatever you want. Beyblades, whatever. Beyblades, there's going to be a Q&A channel in the Discord, and we will be happy to answer those uh just uh yeah so anyway let's get into what killed magic shall we let's do it really like i said it's what saved magic this week because big shout outs to the o3 run back for your new world champion yuta takahashi Woo! like i don't know i don't know uh it was last weekend ricky oh like the biggest magic tournament of the whole year yeah you think? Do you think they should have posted about that somewhere? They tweeted about it like five times. Okay, or I guess that counts. Yeah, to be fair. To be fair, really. Uh, once the once the zero three runbacks were were happening, uh, you could miss it. All of Magic Twitter was pretty hyped about it. So this is one of the good things to come out of Magic Twitter, I will say. So if you want to go back and watch it, you can. The only thing I will say is that the story is definitely more feel good than the actual matches. Like it was just a lot of Al Rand's epiphany over and over and over again. So. Um, I'm glad I get to stop and just watch the highlights, you know? Well, but Chris, don't you like turns of magic? I like extra turns as many turns uh, as I can get. Do, do you enjoy your turn in a game of magic? My turn? Yeah. Your, your turn. I think my turn's pretty. All right. Wouldn't you like more of your turn? Yeah. I'd like more opportunity to draw lands. That sounds pretty good. And if to me. you order now, we'll throw in two one, one birds. Absolutely free. Just pay shipping and handling. Wow. What's the shipping and handling on a bird? Uh, no, hold on. Don't answer to... that. I'm going to check Amazon. Okay. Keep going, uh, just, just be careful now. U.S. Postal Service, it might just show up dead because of <laughs> shipping delays now. Um, also, I do want to shout out for those that aren't aware. Uh, Guillaume Wafotapa started streaming, and I think BDM put it best when he described it as Bob Ross streaming magic. Uh, I've watched just some of his VOD, and it is some of the most relaxing magic content I've watched. Just hearing him just like ASMR talk about blue-white control plays in modern. <laughs> I think Wafotapa once killed himself and his opponent with an earthquake just to get a reshot at the game. Like he was probably winning that game, but he was playing so conservatively. He was just like, I'm just going to kill us both and we'll play another game. Yeah. Wafotapa is like legendary. Uh, but real quick, though, before we move on to the metagame challenge, I do want to say condolences. It sounds like there is a string of thefts in the St. Louis area and then Indiana. Uh, St. Louis, apparently over the weekend, three different stores got robbed. Ooh. And uh, four stores in the state of Indiana were also robbed. Uh, so, of course, condolences to those communities. And hopefully, uh, you know, at the very least, they had some good insurance. Best yeah, case keep scenario, an eye out for it. Yeah, keep an eye out for those found. cards. Yeah. Yep. Uh, but anyway, let's talk about the Pioneer metagame, shall we? Oh, yeah. We could talk about a uh, full face mask pigeon uh, Halloween costume that I found if you want to. Okay, what's the shipping and handling on that? $15. Oh. I'm not what if I have Amazon it. Prime? Yeah, yeah. It's the, if Amazon, you have Amazon Prime, you get the free shipping. 
Uh, oh, this, good. This cost in total is fifteen dollars. That includes the oh. shipping and handling. Oh, good. It's terrifying. Yeah, si- it's terrifying. Sign me up for that. I'll wear that for extra life. If you wanted to give uh, actual children nightmares, you could wear this thing. But hey, you know yeah, what? Like- Doesn't give children nightmares. Eh, give some children nightmares. The Pioneer Meta game. <laughs> okay, it's it, yeah. <laughs> Especially uh, if they're uh, afraid of birds. <laughs> yeah, it depends on how much they like Phoenix. All right. Yeah, so, of course, as always, if you're new to the show, uh, we sort of go over the 14-day metagame based on Goldfish to give you uh, – really just pulls up the, the bigger events from, from Pioneer for the past two weeks. And this is by play percentage, not by results. Um, so, you know, you'll, you'll see some discrepancies here. Next we talk about. Next we don't talk about. Uh, in 12th place – uh, with 2.9% of the meta, we have White Black Zombie Rally, or the Combo Zombies, whatever right. you want to call the deck list. Also sharing that, 2.9%, <laughs> way down 11th place, Niv to Light. Oh, how the mighty have Ooh. fallen. Yep. Uh, in number 10, we have Mono Black Vampires at 3.4% of the meta, Spant Spirits at 3.9% of the meta, Blue White Scissors at 4.8% of the meta. Moving on up in the world, gosh. Niv to light number 11, but we have just red green duders in uh, in seventh place here. Sixth place, Demir Control with 5.8% of the meta. Fifth place, Young P- Rakdos Pyromancer at 6.3% of the meta. Blue White Control at 6.3% of the meta. Number three, Naya Winota at 7.7% of the meta. Luris Burn at 97 Number two, and number one, just getting real close to uh, inverter numbers, is it Phoenix at 18.4% percent of the meta now gentlemen we we've talked for weeks about how you know phoenix isn't usually taking on the big ones like i think it won one of the challenges it didn't win it won one of the challenges this weekend right uh but usually you know it's not really it'll have several like cops in the top eight but it'll maybe win one of the challenges on the weekend uh we're starting to hit that that point where we have to start asking the questions of i think phoenix is a deck that you can easily beat if you're even somewhat prepared for the matchup, right? Mm-hmm. Um, is honestly, in, in my experience with Phoenix, what doesn't kill people are like the Dell spells aren't what kills people. It's not the Phoenixes. It's just can you answer that thing in the ice on turn two? Yeah. Because if you can't deal with that awoken horror, you're done, son. Yeah, I think I think the issue is, and kind of we're seeing this, you know, uh, activated by the Dell spells is that. Especially with Consider, you can fill up your graveyard so fast. Even if you hit the graveyard one time, it's almost like the Hogak decks, right? Like, unless you have just straight graveyard blank for the game, it's really, really tough to fight off the card advantage they can get. You know, it's it's a lot of redundant things. They're not super susceptible to Thoughtseize, right? I mean, a lot of the deck just does the same thing. So, like, Thoughtseizing them really doesn't help. Again, your main targets are Go Blank and then Graveyard Removal, but if you just have that targeted one, right, your Tormod's Crypt-type effects, they'll fill that Graveyard right back up and then dump their Phoenixes if they're smart or flip the thing in the ice super quick with the cheap one-mana spells between Consider and Opt now. So, I could see it. I mean, if this keeps on, um, you know, and we don't see the metagame adjustment, we might need to do something about, uh, you know, at the very least, Treasure Cruise, but but we'll see. I don't think we're there yet. Again, I do think that there's opportunity to to beat the deck if you're willing to just, you know, again, play Rakdos or like I think some of the red green beaters we're going to see might be a result of that. Do you think uh, do you think in your experience, Ruckman, when you were playing red green, did you feel like you had a solid Phoenix matchup just beating down faster than they um, could? Or? So I I got Saffron Olive second league and I didn't see Phoenix. When I was playing the red green deck list. Uh, of course, for those that don't know, the big joke this week, this today actually was that uh, Saf and Olive played two Pioneer Leagues and one of them was like three out of five or four out of five, maybe even all Phoenix. I can't really find the tweet at the moment. Um, and then 
he played another league and it was like an entirely wide meta game. I think that's the problem with Pioneer right now. You're going to have the days, and that's just every game in, in general, really. You're going to have the days where you play a wide meta game. You're going to have the days where you just hit the top deck right. And I, I and again, I don't think Phoenix is oppressive on a power level. It's definitely a deck you have to be like tuned for in some way, shape, or form. And I think it's a deck you should, regardless of what happens, always be prepared for just because it has a a play style that is very popular among a wide range of players. Yeah. I think it's just so darn fun to play. That's another problem with it, right? It's like it just, it being so fun to play on top of it being powerful yields to a lot of players picking it up. It's also pretty darn budget friendly. You know, Um, the red blue lands are starting to go down in price. Have you cast a consider yet? Yes. Have you, have you resolved to consider Look at the top card of your deck, uh, saw that it was a Phoenix, put it into your yard and then drawn another card. Oh, I've just, I mean, I haven't done that, but I've, I've played several Considers, and the Consider is very good, yes. Uh, you also get to play Expressive Iteration, one of the best cards in the format. Mm-hmm. That card's insane, too. Um, this deck is so much fun to play. Um, I took it out last weekend, and I had a absolute blast. Uh, Phoenix is insane. Thing in the Ice is insane. Uh, consider Treasure Cruise all my favorite cards. Uh, it's just so much fun to play. I honestly think that uh, it could go down in win percentages and stuff like that. It would still be a big part of the meta just because of how much fun it is. No, that's that's what I'm saying. Like, even if we see a Delve spell ban, um, which I really don't want to see happen, um, but, you know, Hangman's coming at some point, I think, if we keep seeing the, this number go up in play percentage. It's not like it's like when it was inverter though. It was also just winning every event. Well, that's that's that again. That's like why I want to stress that it's not by power level. It is by meta percentage, leading by meta percentage. Again, if you prepare for it, you it's a matchup you can beat. Inverter was just free rolling wins and thirty percent of the meta. Phoenix, it could be twenty percent of the meta, but you can have a good weekend against it. I think that. One thing I really miss, and this is sort of like the weirdest thing to miss, um, but with the getaway from GPs and stuff like that, with the, you know, since the COVID and all that, we don't have my favorite stat, which is the day two conversion rate. Sure. I miss, like, that stat is, like, I think the best stat for, a, for like, a format. Like, yeah, you can always see, like, what showed up. Like, when Jund was, like, 50% of the meta but it only had like a 30% conversion rate to day two, you know? Uh, like it wasn't like, it wasn't like emergency ban blood rate elf, even though uh, back in the day I was a whiny baby and I called for it. Um, uh, you know, it, things like that I think are important to see for a format. Uh, and unfortunately we just don't have any sort of bigger, like day one to two GP events right now for the format. But I think if we had one of those, we would see like, You'd see like a 25% of the field showing up as Phoenix, and then you'd see Phoenix put up like uh, a 30 to 20% conversion to day two rate. Yeah, and, and I do think that's fair. I'm, I'm happy every day Phoenix is flying high. <laughs> Not with you. I, I do think I do think that point about uh, just to chime in real quick. I think that that conversion percent to like a day two would mean a lot because again, with just online play, just you know, with MTGO where we know it's a lot of the same players every week playing some of these things and people trying to get trophies, it's tough to know if this is a real representation of the metagame or not. You know? 
It's, I mean, it's pretty much a real representation of the metagame, but I don't think it's a real representation of performance. Oh, sure. Like how, how OP it would be at a GP or something like that. And again, why, why we stress every time this is play percentage and not result-oriented. Right, sure. All right. Well, let's take a look at these challenges then, shall we? All right. On Saturday the 9th, our top eight is looking like... Is it Phoenix by Tanak Tanaktun in number eight? Bant Spirits by Sheffin in seventh. Uh, La 11. La 11, however you want to pronounce that. With a sweet Orzov Yorian pile in sixth place. We'll come back to this one. Uh, in fifth place, we have Layden with that red-green mid-range necklace, which I did stream and kind of show off a little bit on uh, Monday. And the VOD's up on YouTube if you want to check out uh, me getting very frustrated at playing probably the fairest deck in the format because it has zero forms of deck manipulation. Uh, um, third and fourth place by uh, Mogged and Taya Burry, both with Zit Phoenix. Uh, second place, Killer SUV with uh, blue-white control. And then first place, Hogando Pilato with Luris Burn. Let's talk about the sixth-place deck list here. Uh, one Yori in the Sky Nomad as that companion. Fourth Raven Inspector, two Yori in the Sky Nomad, two Elfbeth Sun's Nemesis, one Wolf Spider Queen, four Fatal Push, four Thoughtseize. But once we've seen some Thoughtseize running around big time. Uh, two Power Word Kill, four Rite of Oblivion, two Go Blank, three Kaya's Wrath, Three Amaria's Call, three Birth of Melodus, four Trial of Ambition, three Oath of Kaya, three Omen of the Sun, four Treacherous Blessing, and 32 additional lands. Uh, I actually went up against this deck, and uh, it was pretty oppressive. Yeah, it seems really cool. Right of Oblivion just might be the new Vanishing Verse. I mean, this card's insane. You get, you know, for two and then four. Like, four is just nothing. I sack one of the things that, you know, obviously I have to have a deck built for it, but... I sack a non-land permanent to exile a non-land permanent. That is powerful magic right there. And I mean, this is like a token generating deck. Like the whole deck just generates tokens. Yeah, or or just the, you know, your enchantments when you're done with them, right? Like yeah. I only need my omens for for the, like it comes into play effects and then I can sack them to scry or I can sack them to exile a non-land permanent. One of those things sounds better than the other. Sure. Um, I mean, or you can blink them with the Yorian again. Mm-hmm. And hey, you know what hates being exiled? Birds. Uh, Phoenix. Yep. <laughs> also, uh, go blanks. Uh, man, I mean, if you don't like Phoenix, play go blank. Public uh, enemy number one. I'll, for hate, I'll hate you later. Mm-hmm. You know. Don't worry. It's... Don't worry. My underplayed cards. I got a spicy one. I had to play the. I've had to beat the go oh, blank tech. Uh, but I think Red of Oblivion is a really cool card. Uh, seeing play here. Uh, Wolf also is a weird card. I've messed around with. I've. I have since reevaluated this from the worst Planeswalker I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, mostly because it was the first one shown in AFR, and then I got to see the other worst Planeswalkers I've ever seen. <laughs> That's pretty <laughs> fair. I think Wolf is better than it looks. It's essentially, it protects itself very well, and then it's a little uh, Frexian Arena for you. The ultimate is Gravy, but uh, I think it's a, a cool card. Yeah. Uh, I've seen some versions not play Lolf, but play like one or two of um, Doom Foretold as well. Mm-hmm. The copy of No Way Out in the sideboard and two more copies of Go Blank make me upset. <laughs> uh, also, the deafening silence in the board. This person came to play. They came uh, to say you don't have a hand. 
They came to say, uh, is it Phoenix? Uh, leave this place. <laughs> Are you that worried about No Way Out as Phoenix, though? I mean, it's, it's another double discard, and it gives you a zombie to sack to your right of Oblivion. Okay, you know, that's fair. It's also a fifth go blank, right? Like, it's we, we're maxed out on go blanks in this list. Yeah. So we need we wanted yeah. one more mind rot effect. At least it doesn't exile your graveyard. Right. It only gives them uh, fodder to exile yeah. my phoenixes. Ah, you know, uh, potato, potato. <laughs> yeah, potato, potato. <laughs> uh, also, I'm upset because Red of Oblivion uh, answers my favorite, uh, my favorite secondary plan for Phoenix. Just oh. Phoenix's tutelage. Oh yeah. Uh, I generally like decks that just want to bring in yard hate. I generally just side out the Phoenixes and bring in like two Sphinx's tutelage and some more control cards, and we just play this game instead. Mm-hmm. And this can get rid of my Sphinx's tutelage, which is not fun. All right, so we, we've talked about it a little bit. Let's talk about Layden's uh, red-green decks. So three Elvish Mystic, four Lenore Elves, three Scavenging Ooze, four Bone Crusher Giant, two Gruul Spellbreaker, four Lovestruck Beast, three Questing Beast, four Glorybringer, three Mizzian Mortars, four Shatter Skull Smashing, four Ember Cleave, 22 lands. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, I played this deck, like I said, on stream. Um, I, I just feel like in Pioneer, everyone's doing such broken things. Like, even the white decks have some form of card advantage. Like, you kind of need a little something in every deck. And, and I'm not going to, like, poo-poo the fact that, like, yeah, man, like, Glorybringer's off the top with a, with an Embercleave. Those will kill opponent. Questing Beast, like, not a lot blocks Questing Beast. Embercleave kills opponent. But, like, when we're just, like, drowning in lands with no way to filter our library, that's kind of where I was like, oh, man, this just feels so... Like, hats off to Layden for just crushing with this deck repeatedly, like, having good finishes of the challenge. Uh, I, as someone who used to play these types of decks, I don't think I could play this type of deck anymore without, like, at least a Coco or a way to draw, like, a card. Yeah, I think, you know, one of the things you will see is that a lot of the top-played cards in these challenges are blue. (laughs) So if you aren't having some way to play Consider or, you know, Expressive Iteration, Op, something like that, you're probably behind the curve, right? That way to filter your drop. So the next challenge we're going to look at is even worse. Uh, spoiler alert, all of them play blue. All of the top eight decks play blue in some form or fashion. So except you're kind of in one. a tough spot if you don't have uh, some kind of way to filter your draws. Except uh, except for one. Uh, <laughs> all right, uh, a couple true. other deck lists in this challenge I want to talk about. Let's go to 15th place with Hamuda playing... A sweet mono-white build. Here we got Lurus of the Dream Dead as our companion. Dauntless Cathar, Giant Killer, three, Soldier of the Pantheon, Thrayer Inspector. Cathar Commando. One and a white for a 3-1 flash with sac- one mana sacrifice it. Short target artifact or enchantment. Four Knight of the White Orchid. Four Luminarch Aspirant. Two Sun Gold Sentinel. Four Thalia's, Thalia's Lieutenant. Uh, four Faithful Absence. Two Paladin Class. Three Rally the Ranks. What do you name on Rally the Ranks? Uh, human? Yeah. Oh, human, yeah, okay, yeah. Dope. I, actually, I don't know why I thought, like, Giant Killer <laughs> was a dwarf. But, uh... Sun- no, it's, it's, it's Beanstalk guy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's Jack and the Beanstalk throwing yeah, a little, yeah. the drink card? Okay. Make Sun- it Gold Sentinel seems interesting. Yeah. This card is, uh... I've been drafting it, and it's been... Um... Decent. Yeah. It's, a, its ability is really weird. I don't know. I always want it to be protection, but it's not protection. It is hexproof from color and can't be blocked by that color. So you can't, like, uh, 
you can't try to like block something and then pro in response to like a combat trick, uh, which is something I did in a draft and got blown out by. So uh, it's weird, but it, it looks like it probably does work here. And Exiles of Phoenix when it comes into play. So I, I will say I I've bumped into a mono white deck the other day uh, where instead of Luris they were playing um, Benalish Marshall and. What's the new white legendary Adeline? Yes. Oh yeah, uh-huh. Adeline. Yeah, dude, it's Adeline. Like almost. Yeah, Adeline was a killer. I that deck made me really think that uh, maybe we don't play Luris in some list anymore because Adeline was putting in work. I'm with you. I, I think that's one of those cards. Like you know, we're going to talk about underplayed cards today. If I haven't mentioned an overplayed card, I think Luris is it. Like I just don't think the value you get now from having to pay three for it is worth some of the three mana spells, especially now that you can get. And, you know, Adeline comes to the free launch of the fleet. You know, every attacking creature you get brings its own little 1-1 buddy with it. And so, they're, are they soldiers or are they humans? Like, can humans. They, so they grow Arthali's lieutenants. Oh, wow. That's huge. Yeah, double. I would double-check their humans just to make sure, because that, that is a huge deal right there if they're growing our Arthalias. I didn't even think about that interaction. Um, also, really random side note that I've reminded with this deck. Uh, has anybody checked the financial value of AFR lately? Uh, it's insane. Um, Ranger classes are now like fifteen dollars. Yeah, and the werewolf pack leaders are now ten. Yep, and like paladin class is starting to creep up there to like three so bucks. We, a we have to say th- thank you to standard players for some of the green cards, and then thank you commander players for making all the bad dragons I opened extremely overpriced for my store credit cash in. Right, exactly. Um, uh, yeah, no, the. Uh, the uh, the price of standard cards has uh, snuck up on me. Uh, I remember looking back and just being like, "Oh, well, all the FR cards are under a dollar. I'll just order them later." Not today, Chuck nope. Testa. And then, uh, lastly, in this challenge, I wanted to point out thirtieth place, Melody five two three three, rocking the SRAM deck. Another uh, hey, if you're going to pick up those Pioneer Challenger decks, which do come out this weekend, I forgot to remind everyone up top. Uh, hey, look, your deck's still uh, doing pretty good here with a couple upgrades. So uh, here's a list to look at if you're thinking about upgrading that Challenger deck list that you pick up at your store on Friday. Man, I'm excited for those Challenger decks. I really want to see them. Did we confirm a price point on them yet? I'm still waiting for the final price point. Uh, Amazon has them listed at like $49.95. So I believe they're going to be $50. Bucks. Uh, but I've heard some stores might be charging like a $60 ballpark because... They are getting them from suppliers at like thirty a pop. Oh, yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that I, the the supply model for local game stores, I think, could almost deserve its own episode. It's it's interesting. It I think it lets more products come out because you can just buy stuff from one place, but it definitely hurts prices, which is why people turn to like direct to stuff like Amazon and stuff like that. Yeah, because man, so, sixty bucks uh, is you could just buy the decks for sixty bucks, couldn't you? Couldn't you just buy the cards you for could, cheaper? Definitely buy Mono Red. Yeah. I think the other decks, I haven't checked prices, what they've done since then. Uh, but they were like, except for Mono Red, they're all around like $80, $90. Okay. Um, so prices, I'm sure, are going to come down a little bit on those. Uh, but yeah, I like 50 was definitely my max on those. And by not max, like I think 60, like you can maybe justify it, right? Yeah. Just because you just, convenience of having it all. Um, but 50 is like, the edge of the sweet spot. Yeah, and I think it's just some like high. Ian, right? What's up? 
Like 40 bucks, you're just in, right? Oh, 40 bucks is like a slam dunk. 50s again, where it's like, okay, like I might start looking at like, can I get some lightly played singles for less? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because my big issue there, you know, before it was like, I was kind of looking forward to people picking up Pioneer cards, but I really just think this is going to be those things where I'm going to look at the Challenger decks and be like, oh, no, why would I ever do that? You know, I think that's going to be my problem. And, and whereas if they were like 40, 45, I think you'd have a lot of players go like, wow, that's value. Like, you mean I can start playing Pioneer? But yeah, the 60 bucks to get some of the decks that are the most budget is like... Yeah, and unfortunately, I think that's what's going to happen with some LGSs is they're going to be trying to charge that 60 buck. It's like, you know, obviously 20 bucks selling at 50 isn't the most ideal profit, but it's not the worst either. Um, but you got to pay your bills right. Uh, and unfortunately, I feel like there's a chance that players are just going to be like, oh, hey, $40, $45 on Amazon once they come out. Why would I spend another 10, 20 bucks on my LGS. And so I think they could do good at an online direct sale market, but I'm worried they're just going to kind of sit there and look bad at LGSs. Yeah, I, I hear you. I've, I've seen I've seen that going. All right. Well, let's uh, keep talking about some good things about Pioneer, though. We'll move on to the Sunday challenge here. Uh, eighth place, Carmage TSH with uh, a sweet mono blue spirits build. This one more and come back to you. I'm sure Chris would want to talk about this playing some cards I know he likes. Uh, is Phoenix 7th place by Venom 1, 6th place Watchwolf 92 with uh, Azorius in Soul. 5th place, we have 5s also with Azorius in Soul. 4th place, Igor Meister with the 4-color Omnath, uh, you know, Jeskai Ascendancy Decklist, whatever you want to call that. 3rd place, Hope of 130 playing Demir Control. 2nd place, Laden back once again with that red-green deck. And first place, Is It Phoenix by Fal- underscore Falcon underscore. So uh, let's, uh, let's talk like one about of the, this. Oh, one of the Phoenix has gained sentience here, is now piloting itself. <laughs> <laughs> it's like floral spasm. Oh, no. All right, Chris, talk to us about this, blue, this mono blue deck. I know this is a deck like a while ago you were kind of talking about. Yeah, I think at the beginning of Pioneer, this was a great budget option. And I still think it does stuff. Again, there's so much... Uh, space for brewing there's so much space for again decks that you know how to pilot yourself or play a bunch to learn your matchups and do well with so seeing this back in here uh makes me pretty happy and i don't know if it's just because again you know you're you're really strong against some of the random spells uh with this deck but this deck's gonna look like four ascended spirit that's our Kaldheim card that uh you know it's the figure of destiny for snowlands whenever you got some extra mana you can go ahead and pump it into this bad boy right here and end up with one giant beater for mausoleum wanderer because the card's just insanely powerful otherwise we've got our typical spirit uh, subset here spectral sailor rattle chains shackle geist spectral adversary so two of this made it in there from the uh, from the new set there and then finish it off with four supreme phantom our spell suite we're just going to have eight instants and sorceries two mist cast which is one we were definitely looking to see make the move from m21 counter target instant or sorcery unless it's a controller pays three definitely solid spell pierce which does essentially the same thing you know you you get planeswalkers enchantments you get non-creatures for two you guys know spell pierce and then lofty denial as a four of which is one of the strongest counter spells you know, counter, uh, if you control a creature with flying, counter a spell unless they pay four. It, and then... uh, it, it is when it works. I think it's potentially still bugged on Mitgo. I hear conflicting reports. Okay, interesting. Yeah, well, that, that may be one of the issues, but it definitely works in paper, that's for sure. 
and then four curious obsession to finish us off and uh, get us that extra plus one plus one and ophidian type effect remember the claws at the end that gets some people you must have attacked with a creature uh, any creature not the creature that has it on there as long as you attack with some creature you can keep your curious obsession if not it goes away and then we're going to rock three faceless haven as opposed to any mutal vaults and then 19 snow covered lands um Interesting to note, Goldfish here has 19 snow-covered lands costing you $22. That is correct. If uh, if you can pick them bad boys up for $0, uh, the cost of this deck, uh, you know, all of a sudden approaches like 75 bucks. This deck yep. is super cheap to play. You probably, you know, have some of the pieces already. A lot of that's cut up in the Mausoleum Wanderers and the Supreme Phantoms. Your sideboard's pretty inexpensive, so sick, sick budget deck to go out there and play if you want to. Yeah, I mean, like I said, we we did an episode with uh, Hey on the Assumption Challenge XP fifty bucks. Here's the upgrades instead. If you want hundred bucks, you can buy this whole deck out the door. Mm-hmm. There you go. Uh, to a couple of the decks from the challenge, I wanted to point out thirteenth place and twenty fourth place. That is Coley two and Poker Wizard, uh, both uh, in like I said, thirteenth and twenty fourth. With our white black zombie rally deck list, so uh, I'm kind of excited to see that deck popping around still. Uh, usually, when these types of decks, right, you, we we see them, we're like, oh, that's really cool. And then, then nothing ever happens to them again. Um, so I'm glad to see these decks still existing. Yeah, I think this is uh, one of those things where you know you this almost competes with Phoenix, right? I mean, like you get the consistent beatdowns, and uh, you know you're you're kind of soft to the thing in the ice, but you could tech against thing in the ice if you want to. But I think you're really good against Phoenixes. Like you race Phoenixes all day long. So, you know, either tech against the Phoenixes if you're playing them and then just beat them down or whatever you want to do. But, yeah, your rally is a a killer one. Yeah. And then in 20th place, we have underscore VFS underscore playing Azorius or sorry, Jeskai Control here, splashing red for the mean board Scorching Dragon Fire and Express Federations. Yep. Express Federation, a heck of a card. Aurelia the War Leader in the sideboard, though. That's, uh, that's a pick. Um... It like so if you like Shark Typhoon, yeah, um, oh yeah, it's like uh, it it leads to a very 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 lethal attack. Yeah, you just like uh, Shark Typhoon for five and then play Aurelia and that's sixteen. Um, so, I mean, if you have one more mana, so if you had seven mana, then you can attack for eighteen and you've probably dealt they've probably dealt two damage to themselves with the Shockland somewhere. I guess that is one interesting thing about this format is that you can't ever like, like in modern, you can just assume your opponent starts at 18 because it fetches, but you really can't do that in pioneer. Like people will just sometimes just not shock. Yeah. So like you really do need to do 20 damage, but uh, I assume uh, you just use the Aurelia to really just get the jump on somebody when they think they can't possibly be dead. Yeah. All right. Yeah, this reminds I, me of the, uh, that player who top aided a um, top aided a pro tour with like a Jeskai control deck, mm-hmm. and then the next week played Jeskai Kiki and just got people because they assumed that they were playing the same deck as they were the week before. Oh, so they were just like, Oh, here's a Kiki Jiki, you're dead. And they were just like, What? <laughs> I was just like, Yep, yep, here's my uh, Watcher of the Bells or whatever that card is, and Little untapped Kiki Jiki yeah. them. Yep. And just got him. It was just like, well, wasn't expecting that. I thought you were playing the same deck you, you know, top eight and approach were with. And it was uh, it was called one of the best metagame decisions of all time. Man, hmm. speaking of just good top eight moments, Reddit once again reminded me of, 
Hey, remember that guy who top aided an SCG on shrooms? Yes. yes oh yes, God. Yes, yes. Yeah. I always get a laugh whenever that pops up again. Like that's such a good fun story for everyone to find out about again. Yeah, I think I think that's another more the gist of that story is fun. I I yes, didn't get a yeah. great impression from the person that wrote the article. Probably they were a very not. good person. <laughs> this no. from from reading the article, I kind of went, hmm, I'm not sure. Some uh, some red flags went up there, but the idea itself, I think, is fun. I mean, it's, it makes for a good top eight picture. It does make for a good top eight story. All right, let's kick over to the league real quick. There are uh, two deck lists I wanted to point out from this recent league. Uh, first, we have four LB. Zero B Y B, so four pounds zero baby. I don't know, uh, bib, what do you <laughs> want to call that? We have Asper Control. What do we got here? One Solemn Simulacrum, one Obsidian Ghost Castle, three Oblivion Sailor, one Sire Stagnation, three Ashiok Nightmare Weaver, two Jace Architect of Thought, one Syncopate, one Storage Charm, one Demir Charm, one Faithful Absence, two uh, Power Word Kill, two Siphon Insight. Two Vanishing Verse, two Dissipate, one Soul Shatter, one Soul Shatter, okay. Uh, three Sphinx's Rev, two Four Supreme Verdict, one Far Away, one Seeker Restoration, one Tension Sphere. When I see a bunch of ones and twos, I'm like, this person's either studied the metagame to like the nth degree, or this is cards we just own. Yeah, we just we just went to the binder on MTGO and we're like, this yeah. is what I got. <laughs> Sire Stagnation's hot. That's the one that says if your opponent plays a land. Yeah, they exile the to top. Like, they exile the top two, and you draw two. Right. Uh, that card is cool. Uh, it's like six mana, right? Uh, yeah, it's four blue black. Okay. But importantly, you know what? It uh, does get mystical disputed. You are in fact right. It does not get mystical disputed. So, like, all I have to, like, and then like Oblivion Sower. So our opponents, uh, someone just doesn't like opponents having lands. Maybe they just thought Renin Seven was like the new meta. Maybe. I mean, I'm going to make it the new meta. Fair enough. Somebody's going to make that card cost $40 for a reason. Yeah, standard. Yeah, that's true. Man, I'm so glad I picked mine up at like 20 when I did. Or 25 for the the PSL version. Oh, yeah. Those are like, yeah, 50 now, right? Yep. Jeez. And then the other deck I want to talk about is HAL 9K with just some green-black rock. Look at here. Four Deathrite Shaman. Three Cheville Bane of Monsters, four Gifted Aetherborn, two Hooded Lightfang, two Murderous Rider, two Tireless Tracker, two Kalidus Trader of Get, one Loyal the Last Hope, two Vraska the Gari Queen, one Vraska the Unseen, three Fatal Push, four Thoughtseize, two Abrupt Decay, two Assassin's Trophy, one Baleful Mastery, one Find Finality, 24 lands. Uh, man, getting them with the Cheville and the Hoodie B. I like it. I dig it. Uh, I don't see any Vraskas here. Well, the Gari Queen's there. There was another one. I don't know where it went off to. Yeah, have you has anybody seen her? Nope. Check the dollar Mister bin. Again. Check the dollar bin. Oh man. This uh this looking at this league though is devaluing my list every second we sit here looking at this league uh, <laughs> for today's uh, main topic. I just want you to know <laughs> well, that my list was well crafted. And I think maybe this proves it, but we've talked about some of the cards on my list already. That's fair, because I've we've talked about a couple of mine. Let's so uh, let's let's, let's, right let's get let's get into it then. Here are our top five personal top five uh most underplayed cards of the Pioneer format. Who uh who wants to go first with their number five? I will, because we just okay. talked about one of them, if that's okay. Yeah, well, I, I, mine are all in order. Mine are like four to number one, or five yeah. to number one. So. Yeah, this, so the, the okay, card that cool. I'm talking about happens to be the, my number five. 
All right, what's your number five? My number five is Death Right Shaman. As okay. as noted by Hal Mine K, um, this is a card that, you know, I think you could mention Scavenger. There's a lot of cards that get rid of graveyards. And I saw it on Twitter the other day where somebody was like, and this is what kind of brought it up. Somebody was like, wait, Death Right Shaman is Pioneer legal? And it was like, yep, we just don't have as many crazy ways to filter lands into our yard. But I really think now, you know, if you wanted to play some, you know, just get down and dirty uh, with what was the old Euro deck that used to play? Just like a, a Delirium style deck is the is the keyword I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. Deathrite Shaman is there for you. Deathrite Shaman has your back. It's there to get rid of spells that your opponents can't flash back. It's, get, it's there to get rid of your phoenixes at instant speed. Um, and it also just ramp you sometimes. Right. So Deathrite Shaman is a card that I think that, you know, it offers the utility that Scavenging Ooze does, but also does a lot, a lot more for you. Um, I'm really looking for that style of deck, a Delirium deck to to come back into the format, as you will see as we kind of go up my list. But Deathrite Shaman, definitely my number five for cards that is so incredibly power, dominates so many other formats. And it's just looking for a home, you know, for sure. I actually Aww. forgot the Deathrite Shaman was in this format. Hey, there we go. Yeah, my uh, the, I get I, I get a half a point for that. We're not right. doing points in this. I just right, want Rick, a half a point. Uh, Ricky, you want to go? Or you want me to go? Uh, I'll go. This okay. Was a, this is a hot, hot take overheard at the local Pioneer event that I went to. Okay. Um, somebody said we need to ban this card. Oh. And that would fix Pioneer. Okay. Oh, I can't wait. It, I can't it is, wait. It is overwhelmingly powerful and stopping way too many strategies right now. Is it mutate? Uh, it is ch- Goblin Chain Whirler. Goblin Chain Whirler, huh? Nope. Uh, so this is uh, clearly a card oppressing the format. I've obviously misunderstood the assignment. I was supposed to pick cards that nobody's playing. Mm-hmm. Anyways, uh, all jokes aside, it got me thinking about Chain Whirler and like... You know, there are these human decks popping up. And yeah, if they get if they get the Thalia's Lieutenant down, then uh, the Chain Whirler is not very good at all. But uh, the Chain Whirler can pick off some of these human decks, let me tell you. Yeah, blocks for days, right? I mean, first strike. First strike is a baller ability. And so I think that Goblin Chain Whirler could see a day in the sun again in the sideboard of some red decks that are willing to cast things like Goldspan Dragon and Glorybringer. Doesn't it of come course, in the sideboard of the Mono Red deck? It might. I don't know. I mean, to but, your uh, point, like lands are so good in Pioneer. Do you think you have to be just a Mono Red deck to play it now, or oh, can no. you be like a, spl- a Red Splash Green or something like that? I mean, we know. could easily be a Red Green deck playing that. That's what I was. I thinking. don't know. You can't cast it off a Land of Elf, which sort of sucks. That's fair. That's fair. I assume if you're like a Red White deck or something like that, though. You know, one of the lands that, uh, or one of the colors, because I can never remember which ones, that has the good the good lands. Is it Inspiring Vantage is the red-white uh, fast lane? Yeah. 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 There you go. Any of the decks, any of the, the archetypes that have that, you know, your, your red-white, your white-black, those are good ones for, you know, diverse mana. It, it also beats up on Pyromancer. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Maybe they're making tokies. But uh, no, nobody's playing it right now. So that's why I put it here. I was thinking about it. Somebody was sure that it was ruining Pioneer, even though I haven't seen one in a long time. But maybe we can make it ruin Pioneer. Maybe we can do it. Maybe we can get Chain Whirler banned. Ban Chain Whirler. We need to like get that person and the person complaining about Mutate together in like a, a conversation and see what happens. Hmm. All right. My number five, I kind of cheated on this one. 
Uh, and it goes back to what we talked about last week's episode. Removal in general. Hey, people, you wouldn't lose the Phoenix if you just could kill turn two thing in the ice. Yeah, probably so. I mean, especially That's if you're playing uh, Rite of Oblivion. What for that card we just talked about, Scald? Yeah. I, it just hits it all. It just hits it all, you know? Break out your white yeah. black token. Break, break out your, uh, your um, man, what's that white black deck that was real popular in in uh, the desert set with the with the big dragon? Amonkhet deck? That's the one. That's the one. What card are you talking about? Uh, Anointed Procession and uh, the one. I actually I actually knew the name of that card. I was still joking a little bit, but I don't remember the name of the one that lets you sack stuff to scry. It's the white black enchantment. The the Mexican goat that steals all, the Mexican oh, monster that, that takes all the goats. Yeah. Chip thing. Yep. The hidden stockpile. That's yeah, hidden stockpile. Anointed Procession. Yeah, yeah. That's the deck I'm talking about. That's a that would be a fun deck to bring back to Pioneer and a good time if you want to destroy some Phoenix. All right, all right. Uh, who's got their number four? I got it. All right, what you got? This is going to be an interesting one. I, I don't know that um, this. these are not d- like cards that we spent probably a ton of time researching. We kind of came up with this topic and was like, hey, throw some fun ones out there. So this is, you know, a lot of these are more for the content of them. Don't super overanalyze these, but they're cards that are, are typically powerful. I'm going with Ruined Halo as my number four. Um, wow. Man, yeah, Ruined Halo. What core set is that in? Is that in 21? It's been in actually several since it's been reprinted. Uh, but Ruined Halo does so much. Uh, you get protection from a card, and that does a lot. It stops that card from hurting you. It stops it from calling you names. It can no longer message you on Moto anymore. Uh, there's a lot of upsides to playing your Rune Halos, and it, it just does so much, you know. And uh, it's one of those cards that I'd expect to see in more sideboards, given how hard it hoses certain things, and the fact that it sits on the field for devotion. You know, I probably also could have said Nykthos is one of the one of the cards. Nykthos that, is one of the last cards that I cut from my list. Yeah, if that's so tough. Nykthos is just so strong. And I really think that Ruined Halo is one of those cards that really would do well in a Nykthos kind of list. And it's very main deckable. This is a card that would absolutely play my main deck. It's a pseudo removal spell that adds to your devotion. So it's just one of those cards that given its power level and given how much it's seen play in other other effects i'm a little surprised we're not seeing it but obviously we do see some diversity of threats but especially when your world rocks around you know you don't want to lose to phoenix hey ruined tail of the phoenix and the thing of the ice what are they gonna do well what do they have what do they have against you so a lot of counterplay there all right that's it for that one all right ricky what do you got my number four is more of a concept than a card okay okay uh, but i've written dark boar pathway oh it's yeah. like green uh, that's just a state of mind right the green black pathway I think that like green black decks are good. Yeah, I think hey, GBX you know that's is, like bring it back. I mean, that's like, like two of my sacrifice. Pick. That's like two of my picks. Honestly, my, <laughs> my 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 list is like all right. No one's playing removal. Play more removal, but because no one's playing removal, just let's play like good mid range cards. Yeah, yeah, right. You can't you can't have it all. You guys can't keep putting down entire concepts here and stealing the thunder from everybody else. No, 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 no. There's no, only, no. the only time I did this. I all promise. Right. All right, okay. But okay. I put Dark Boar Pathway. Play some green, black, grim flare decks. Play some, you know, uh, interesting green, black decks. You know, I have to give don't you a let pass. sacrifice steal all the glory. You know, yeah, a, lo- a lot of our Discord likes the green, black decks, so you're gonna make somebody happy with that. That's for sure. Good. All right, my number four pick is Liliana, the Last Hope. Yeah, mm-hmm. everyone na- has naysayed that card for so long, like it doesn't kill enough anymore. I think it just like even if we're not killing anything. Like, shutting off a Dreadhorde Arcanist from attacking us for a turn still does a lot. And it's it's one of those cards, like, even if your opponent's not playing creatures, you can kill with it. You can slow down a big threat. You can go up the board with other things, too, because you're playing, like, a mid-range deck, right? You're, play, you're playing some Dark Boar Pathways. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so 
You're going to go out on the board with some bigger threats. You have this Liliana, and it's one of those ultimates that if you get there, you're just going to win. Yeah, for a three-mana Planeswalker, right? I mean, pretty strong. Like, she she slows your opponent down. If you're not trying to go to ultimate, you just want to get some of your, your big duders back from the arcs that your opponent played, like, one of their three removal spells. Mm-hmm. She does that, too. It, it's She's always been a good card, I think, in Pioneer. But the, my, my thing is, I feel like I notice a lot in Pioneer and Magic in general is when you say something's good and it's not like an immediate four of, everyone's like, that card's bad. Right. Like, there's nothing wrong with being a card that you just want to play as like a one or a two of and being good in that kind of role. And that's where I see Liliana a lot of the time. No, totally fair. Totally fair. All right, Chris, what's your number three? My number three is a card that I've been posting about wanting to play a lot. So we're kind of getting into the cards that I'm, I've been talking about recently. And my number three is going to be Gurmag Angler. Okay. Uh, you could also just throw Tasker in there, but the Delve creatures are what getting about, forgotten. What about Hoots? What about Hoots Magoots? Yeah, Hoots Magoots, no, is in there with it. I mean, that's the, uh, is that a 4-4 with Trample? Yeah. It yeah, is. it's a 4-4 with Trample. Um, no, I think any of the Delve creatures have a spot. As we saw, like I said, I just, I've become a believer since I saw Ruckman actually play Otherworldly Gaze. You, you just, you get to cast all of the six mana Delve spells you want. I mean, there's just, there's no end to them. You can easily cast three in a game, no problem, and more if you're, if you're hitting more, you really dedicate your deck to it, so... Those cards, you know, they don't get hit by a lot of the removal we were seeing before Right of Oblivion. So if you see some of that type effect in your format, stay away from it. You know, you can't spend that many resources on something like that. But, you know, it doesn't get um, Fatal Push, which is the big one. It can't be Blood Chiefs Thirsted on the on the low low. So it's going to be an effective beater. And again, there's so many ways to put throw cards into your yard. The cost is really not going to be that much to cast it. You know, you're, you're going to be casting it and several other Delve cards as much as you want. Same thing with, like, Murderous Cut, right? Uh, a really effective removal spell. So just wanted to throw my uh, hat in the ring for Gurmag Angler. All right, Ricky, what you got? For number three? Yep. You guys are having fun playing Phoenix. You guys are out there playing your Phoenixes. You're having a good time. But you guys aren't having the most fun you could be having playing that deck because <laughs> y'all aren't playing Maximize Velocity. Okay. Crackling Drake is seeing play. People are playing like two of Crackling Drake in the main, two of in the side, three of in the side, one of in the main. People are trying to play some Crackling Drake. And let me tell you, if you're playing Crackling Drake, which you should, you got to maximize that velocity. Uh, just a one-of. If you just throw it in as a one-of, if you see it on consider, you just throw it in the yard so you can jumpstart it later. And it also adds to how big your Crackling Drake is. But when you get to, are, are you tapped out? Yeah, uh, pick up your graveyard, pick up your exile stack, count to 16, go, okay, <laughs> cast Crackling Drake, maximize velocity, and just get him. Just get him. I'm with you. I, I think if you want to play some extra jank stuff, there's smaller Crackling Drake that uh, that's a three-mana one. That one doesn't count your exile, though. It doesn't, it doesn't. Uh, but it's still an X4, I'm pretty sure. It is. Yeah. The, the Spellheart Shimura? Is that what it is? I know it's, it's the, one I know it's a colorless blue red for an X3 and its power uh is equal to spells in yard. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's, it's Spellheart the, Chimera. It's, the, it's a Drake, it's another Drake. It's another Drake. So, no, so is it Drake's? But also just Theros Uncommon, Spellheart Chimera. One oh. blue red, star three. It's a flying tra- it's a flampler. Oh, okay. That might be better. You could, I mean, you can live the dream then, because my whole point there is, hey, if you don't want to delve, right, or you don't want your opponent to 
you know, worry about the Dell stuff or you just don't want to do it. You want to go extra jank. There's a lot of ways you can, you know, get your maximized velocity on, especially with, you know, your otherworldly gaze and consider now you can just throw a ton of spells in the yard anyway, and then maximize velocity. One of those creatures for the win, right? Attack with it, fling it, however you want to do it. But if you want to go real jank, if Phoenix is too mainstream for you now, right. Uh, and you want to, you know, go the pop ghost punk alternative route. I right. will sell you on some, uh, on some drakes that are star threes. I'm telling you, velocity. Crackling Drake, like, people are going to hate your yard, and this card draws you a card back, and it's as big, and you get to count your exile, and your opponent goes, that counts exile? And you go, it counts exile. And then they're going to pick up your Drake, and they're going to read it, and it's only been printed in, like, 2018, and they're still, like, are going to go, wow, that's a card. It's going to be great. You're going to have a lot of fun. Your opponent's not going to have fun. Maximize your velocity. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for what that TED talk. What a pitch. You're going to have fun. Your opponent's not going to have fun. Maximize velocity. All right. My number three, once again, we're playing the Dark War Pathways. And uh, we're going to get some more value off this Dark War Pathways because we're playing Tireless Tracker. Yeah. Wow. That's That card, yeah, it's not the same play. Yeah. So Tireless Tracker, of course, our three mana, our good old three mana three two that when it enters the battlefield, we get a clue token and then when we crack when we sacrifice a clue token uh so if we play things like um uh the liliana golgari queen and we just sack our clue token to liliana or to vraska i mean uh we're gonna draw a card from the ability and we're gonna draw a card off and we're gonna get a counter on our our tireless tracker care how you sacrifice the clue yeah yep and uh yep like tireless tracker once again one of those cards you get like two or three clues out of it 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 it's paid for itself even like I mean, one or two clues, like it is such a powerhouse. And like once you crack the first clue and get out of like shock range, you're just off the races. It's sick mm-hmm. value. Mm-hmm. All right, what's the number two of Chris? Number two of Chris. I think Ricky's gonna like this one. You ready for this one? I'm ready. Prized amalgam takes me back. <laughs> yeah, I was that expecting. Takes me back. I was expecting. Prized amalgam is in this format, and again, we just got all kinds of fun new graveyard toys. Um, you know, you still can play your haunted heads. You can still can play, you know, your stuff. I think this is a fun way to interact with the graveyard. Again, that's not your stereotypical Phoenix deck. You won't get as much hate for playing it, but boy, do you have the graveyard activators, you know? Um, but I still think you can sideboard into a fair plan, but this card is so strong. I mean, you can get so many of them. There's so many ways to bring it back. A uh, scrap heap scrounger kind of belongs in the same pile. Uh, scrap heap scrounger we used to see play all the time and when you look up and see how many great ways there are to get prized amalgam back you're going to be like wow the only thing it was missing was an otherworldly gaze and a considered type effect all the creatures were there scrap heap scroungers narc amoebas in this format right um haunted deads there there's so many ways to get your prized amalgams back all you got to do is find them and that's easier than ever now so phoenix will trigger it too yeah, there you go. I mean, like I said, there's all kinds of ways you can play this card. I think it's a really fun card. I think Dredge is always, always pretty fun. You know, yeah, it's it's going to get easier, you know, more easily targeted by your graveyard hate. But again, I think if you want to avoid the the Phoenix stuff going on right now, this is another great way to play with your graveyard. And I also think it's really strong. All right, Ricky, what do you got? Number two, you know, the wise men once said all that glitters is gold. And I think that people have forgotten that the best All That Glitters deck isn't blue. It's white-black. Hateful Eidolon. That is my number two pick. People need to start playing Hateful Eidolon again. Play the Auras build. It's way better, in my opinion, than the Artifact build. I'm probably completely wrong, but the the amount of lifelink you can get, Ethereal Armor is an insane magic card. Like, 
so often, especially because we're now in the, the post-Fatal Push era, like, just getting an ethereal armor on any of your enchantment one-drops makes them a 3-3 three, three or a 3-4 with Hateful Eidolon, right? Yep. And now they, they cannot be removed. Like, Hateful Eidolon with an ethereal armor is no longer removable. It has lifelink. It's going to draw you cards if it gets removed. Um, so, I mean, like, it's just so good. It works so well with dead weight in the deck. Um I've been playing Orzhov Auras for a while. It's my favorite. Uh, no thinking. Shove all my cards on top of this one card, and mm-hmm. you lose. Uh, I give it to Ian a lot. Ian got second place at the win box we went to playing it. Yeah. Uh, so you know he had a, he had a good time. Just like draw cards, play play cards, hateful Eidolon, selfless saviors, all that stuff. I think Orzhov Auras just it might not be as consistent as the blue-white artifact deck with staff. But I think it is more threatening. Not, like, explosive, but, like, with all the lifelink you get and how big your creatures can get and how unremovable they can become, Yep, I think it has the ability to go over the top of a lot of other decks. I'm with you. I, th- I think if you just want to have fun on a Pioneer Night, you know, again, you want to get a deck to lend out or just a deck to play yourself just to chill and, again, just beat some people down who, you know, are getting a little too greedy with their cards, I'm with you. I think War is the way to go. All right. Look, what you well, got? let me tell you what. Tell me something. Everyone everyone right now, they're, they're playing Pioneer at sorcery speed. But uh, I want to play Pioneer at instant speed. Well, how do I do that? By playing Night Pack Ambusher. Okay. Somebody is lobbying for the Chris vote. (laughs) It's a card I like too. Look, I'm no stranger to trying to play Pioneer. We're trying to jam our big threats. I want to play, I want to play instant speed, right? Like I want to be playing my, my growth spirals and stuff like that. You, you can play like a counter burn type of deck. I think this format and do very well. Uh, The team or mana base isn't hard with triomes. And uh, again, no one's playing removal, so you're not going to get punished for playing a four mana four four. Yeah, I think I think people are typically tapping out on turn three and turn four. Like, unless you're playing against like just an actual control deck, nobody's just going turn four pass. Now, don't get me wrong. Like, if you see some Coco shenanigans, maybe right that could be that yeah. could be a standoff. But you're going to win that standoff because when you're playing uh, Night Pack Ambusher. Is that what it's called, right? Nightpack yep. Ambusher. Nightpack Ambusher. You're obviously also playing Mystic Snakes, typically, right? You're, you're playing counter spells, typically, if you're trying to play on your opponent's turn. You don't necessarily have to. You could surprise this, but by doing so, you know, that Coco is probably not going to resolve. And if they do tap out for stuff because they're afraid of counter spells or they want to test your counter spells, you're just Nightpack Ambushering and then going to town from there, right? It's just, it's just, a, it's a one man wolf pack, right? Yep. It is, in fact, the one man wolf pack. Winning you the game from there. All right. Number one, everyone, go. Um, I have, no surprise to anybody who's been listening to me for a while, Traverse the Uvenwald. I think this is this is my absolute favorite for most powerful card in the format that is seeing absolutely no play. Uh, this card is a one-mana tutor. Um, I think the problem is you definitely have to be playing in you know the colors to set it up, but uh, effectively, right, there's a card banned in Modern that for, you know, it gets Dried Arbor, but for one mana and X... You tutor any card from your deck and put it onto the battlefield, right? This does right. the same thing when you have Delirium. You pay one mana for the tutor, and then you get to cast your card. Like, the similarities are there. 
And you know, it's obviously not the exact same, right? There's things you can't go get. You can't go get a land in Dryad Arbor. But for Pioneer power level, getting to tutor any card out of your deck, a Chupacabra, a, uh, you know, if you want to go that way, Skyclub version. There's a lot of creatures that have comes into play abilities, especially now with the Brutal Cathar, right? That gives a three mana two-two that transforms to take stuff. Right. That card is, you're going to start to see that be a force in this format. That card is incredibly strong. And tutoring for something like that, I think is massive. So again, you know, it does require delirium, and obviously, it's obviously a downside. But we have so many ways to flip cards in the yard now. I think Traverse the Uverwald is is criminally underplayed. The card is insanely powerful. All right. Well, I think the Chris, great list. Ricky, what's your number one? So I found this card that, like, I think is pretty powerful. Okay. So it's this Planeswalker. I don't think anybody's been playing it at all, which is weird to me. I think it's because. They've been using his second ability to make their food into elks. Uh, but what if we just turn their creatures into elks? Okay. Uh, anyways, uh, jokes aside, uh, my number one is Grohl Spellbreaker. Okay. All right. Um, this card is unbeatable for the Phoenix player. It is so, so stupid. I hate this card. It beats me all the time as a Phoenix player. Um, it doesn't matter what removal I'm holding up, I can't hit it on your turn. Uh, if you make it a 4-4, then I only have Lightning Axe to answer it. If you make it haste, I'm just gonna die. It comes off of Coco, which is stupid. Like, I lost a game recently because I had Lightning Axe to protect myself, and I was sitting at 2, and my opponent just goes, Scroll Spellbreaker... Give it haste. And I'm sitting there with the lightning axe in my hand and crying. Like, why does this card have hexproof on your turn? It gives you hexproof also randomly. So that sometimes matters, but mostly just being able to be a 3-3 haste hexproof is absolutely insane. I hate this card. (laughs) (laughs) Most red green lists are playing a two of, play two in your sideboard and stomp every Phoenix player around. That's all I have to say about this card. Any, any, any uh, Ruckman, as the as the spellbreaker of our of our trio, uh, <laughs> how do you like this card in the Phoenix matchup? Uh, again, I haven't really gotten to play the Phoenix matchup with the Gruul deck, uh, but what you're saying, yeah, I, it's good. Like, um, you know, you can you play it early if you want to. You can turn to, you know, maybe you play it as a four four. If not, you just like, hey. We're going to hit off the top. We're just going to go to Beats by Dre with it. Um, it it's one of those cards God, if you have that, the Ember Cleave, it's just like... Whoa. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, it's 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 <sighs> insane. card is... And it, again, it forces your opponent to answer it on their turn. Because if it goes back to your turn, they can't do anything to it. Right. So then i got to take my turn off yep. to find a way to get this stupid 4-4 off the board and play two of my shock spells at it. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Card's very frustrating. I hate it. All right. Well, Phoenix Boys, I got a I got a pitch for you here. Look, even if you're not playing graveyard deck, getting go blank sucks, right? Mm-hmm. It's a bad feeling. Like, even if I'm not worried about the graveyard, right? I'm playing like a mid rangey deck, and I'm like, all right, opponent's dead because I got the Embercleave in my hand. Oh, but I'm getting go blanked. Cool. There goes my land and my Embercleave into my graveyard, and right. for the rubbish, it's just gone. That relates to this story. Uh, yeah, yeah right? It makes me want to just commit Sudokus, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but if you 
instead have one of these two cards. I'm going to cheat again here because they both do the same thing. Um, you don't have sad days when you get go blanked because uh, my number one pick is Loxodon Spider and Mawhide Ferox. <laughs> do they trigger? Yeah, it makes you discard them, right? Is it if it would be discarded or if this card is discarded? Oh, no. Did I mess this up? Oh, we got to oh, no. find out. Hold on. I'm Googling. Because, like, if Leyline of the Void is in play... No, it just says if a spell or ability an opponent controls causes you to discard it, put yeah. it onto the battlefield instead. Instead of putting it in the graveyard. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's a replacement, it's a replacement effect. effect. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, Nullhide Ferox is like a 4-mana 6-6 six, six hexproof, right? Correct. The oh, only downside is you can't cast non-creature spells. Oh, okay. But so you can pay up, to... You uh, can't pick up the Ember Cleave. No. Thank God. But, but you can pay to to turn that ability off. Uh, look, I just think, like, people are still, like, running around with, like, the Bant Coco Shells and stuff like that. Place with Miners, right? Like, I, I just think, like, <laughs> this is going to be a really good gotcha moment at your F&M. Yep. And you're going to teach that, that Rakdos Arcanist player. Yep. This is going to be the... Uh... Once people roll around to countering the Phoenix, you're going to counter the counter Phoenix, you know? Yeah. You're going to activate, the opponent's going to activate your trap card, and you're going to feel, uh, you're going to feel like Seto Kaiba. Chris, do you remember at that one event in Dallas, which really could be anything, uh, somebody screaming across the entire uh, hall because they cruel ultimatum their opponent who discarded two of the green-white leech? <laughs> yes yes i do remember that it's gonna feel like that it's gonna feel like that for your opponent they're going to scream across the entire hall do not scream in your local game store please uh, but you'll feel like it you'll feel like it when you cast your go blank and your opponent just smiles and puts two four four elephants into play what do you do you just have to pack up your cards and go home at that point right like you can't yeah. keep playing anymore Right. I, I I assume you don't even drive your car home, you take the bus. Right. <laughs> right. That's how beaten you've been. You don't you don't want anybody to see you get into that car. You just you just leave the deck box on the table, the store owner calls you, he's like, Hey, you left your deck box here and it's like Oh what no, that you, wasn't what me. Did, what'll you that give me for me. it? <laughs> Pull the shaggy, huh? Yeah. Oh no. You oh, didn't three, see me. Oh uh, three drops sell sell our foiled outron deck. Oh my gosh. <laughs> hey, I've got a number zero. Okay. What's your number zero? Hold number on. zero. Chris is going to go play us cheating with our multi-picks in he one pick. He didn't get to cheat the whole time. Let All him right. cheat. Thank All you. Right. Ricky, you're allowed back in from the alley tonight. You don't have to sleep Thank in the you. alley anymore. You're back in. You can have my bed, as a matter of fact. Because uh, tier zero is obviously Wishclaw Talisman. Oh, my God. Wishclaw Talisman. I was surprised it wasn't sooner. I <laughs> Honestly... I knew this was coming. All right, tell us, tell us, tell us. Wishclaw Talisman. You guys you at home, you've probably never heard me talk about this. Uh, it's been know. a while. It's been, it's been, a, it's been a while. Yeah. Been a while. It's been a while. Yeah, we were on the same page there. Wishclaw Talisman is the best card in Pioneer. Okay. Hands down, no holds barred, best card in Pioneer. People just haven't figured out how to play it yet. Okay. For two mana, you get an artifact that's going to tutor you up Two cards from your entire deck whatever two cards you want all you have to do is activate it for one mana now in between there your opponent gets to activate it and search for any card in their deck but there's a lot of ways around that right you can uh you can bird them you can even mind censor them if you want to 
Or instead, after activating it the first time for three mana, you can just sack it off to some kind of effect with the effect on the stack and, you know, not have to give your opponent a free tutor. So for three mana, you got to tutor for any card in your whole entire deck. It's the most broken OP in card in Pioneer, if you have not seen it already. Go look it up. Buy out your foil, your foil copies. We're going nowhere but up here. Wishclaw Talisman to the moon. I tell you what, if you want a really weird pick, uh, I forget which stream it was, but we streamed recently, and we played against an opponent playing turn one Scheming Symmetry. Yes, that's another card that I really like. <laughs> because... Look, if your li- opponent, if you're listening, I forget your username, but if you're listening, I want to see this deck list because it was like s- scheming symmetry. And the main po- point of the deck was it was playing Disciple of Deceit and just the rest of their deck was threes because they were a Hedron alignment deck. Yep. They were trying to align the Hedrons. <laughs> yeah. So what is Disciple of Deceit? When it becomes, un- it has inspired. So it's a two mana, one, three. When it becomes untapped, you may discard a non-land card. If you do, search your library for a card with the same converted mana cost as the card, as that card, reveal it, put it in your hand, and then shuffle your library. So your opponent just gets to go, discard my Hedron alignment, go get my other Hedron alignment. We're halfway there. Mm-hmm. Living on a prayer. Yeah, they were also they would Guys. also play uh, Bonchu's Last Reckoning, Last Reckoning. To get rid of creatures. You know, any three mana good spell, murderous rider, right? Like they were just playing a bunch of sick threes. But scheming symmetry, I think, is a card I talked about a long time ago on this podcast. It's one of those things where it's like, what if you just mill him for a card? Right? Like, what if you cast that card, go get your card, and you're just on mill, right? Like you're go into a removal spell or something like that, and then you know you're trying to like, uh, what, what did you? What was that tutor card you just mentioned? Sphinx's tutelage. Yeah. Or the Teferi's card, Teferi's tutelage, something like that. Right. Those are all ways where, like, you have to have something, you know, going on already. But Scheming Symmetry, another just one mana tutor card that you can easily turn your opponent's part of it off if you want. What if What if we just siphon insight with our opponent tutors? That was another one. Yeah, somebody mentioned that in the chat, too. And they were like, what if we just siphon insight whatever sick card they just got? And but I unfortunately, like, for opponent, unfortunately for opponent, for opponent, when they Scheming symmetry us, we then got to go find Winota and put a bunch of Wolfie Boys into play. Yeah, that, that was uh, that was hard to deal with. That was hard to deal with, for sure. But uh, anyway, if you're listening to this opponent, I want to see that deck list, because I want to see how we're going off with these Hedrons. How are they being aligned? Yeah. I'm just, like, I'm still rattled from the mind games of uh, a, a local Magic player in Austin that we learned to play with, where I, I pondered... I kept on top, and uh, before my upkeep to flip my Delver, they thought scoured me and milled me. What a monster. And then they, then they pondered, and they left on top. And I thought scoured them. And they just smiled at me and flipped two lands into the yard. And then showed me the rune chanter pike that they kept from the ponder. <laughs> and left themselves locked on two lands. Right. They then blind flipped their Delver, and I've never felt more beaten in a game of Magic. Right. They just I, had you. I was just my mind exploded. It was so good. That was such a good play. <laughs> All right. Well, everyone, thank you for tuning in this week. We appreciate you listening. Once again, check out Patreon.com/Crew3MTG. Support the show. Go check out our Extra Life link in the description below to go donate some money to a wonderful cause. 
Also on the Discord, join the Discord, a wonderful community there. Find info on our soon-to-be-streamed webcam event, as well as plenty of other stuff going on, always active there. Gentlemen, where can they find you on the socials? You can find me uh, at it's underscore Christmas on the tweeters. Without the T? Without the T on the Christmas, that's right. All right, Ricky, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter at also Steve, and you can find me on YouTube on Doormonster and Twitch at Doormonster TV, where I'll be uh, running cartoon characters into each other for the foreseeable future. <laughs> All right, have fun with those Nickelodeon characters. You can, of course, find me on our official Twitter account at Crew3Podcast on Twitter, where I tweet some of the Pioneer drip I've been picking up lately, as well as other random thoughts and musings on the Pioneer format. I stream a few nights a week over at twitch.com at twitch.tv slash crew3mtg, and I post the VODs up within 48 hours on our YouTube channel, also crew3mtg. Once again, thank you for listening, and hey, once again, a reminder, those Pioneer Challenger decks come out, and uh, you know what? Make sure you you maybe start thinking about bringing an extra deck or two with you, just trying to help start brewing up that Pioneer, local Pioneer community even more, get this format back on the railroad tracks. We'll talk about next week. Bye. 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 Bye.